0: This is the wrestling machine, the human highlight reel, the rope to rope and pillar to post, very best of the best. Austin Lane, and you are listening
1: to the Diego and Divorce Show. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Diego and Divorce Show, and they pulled somebody up from the grave, Derek Flair. And here I am to tell you that you're in the right place whenever
2: you see the Diego and Divorce Show on your screen you are in the right place and it's gonna be big woo
1: tonight
0: well let me tell you something brother when i'm working on my 24 inch pythons dude i'm listening to the diego and divorce show train say your prayers and listen to the diego and divorce show what you gonna do brother when the diego and divorce show run wild on you Ooh.
2: Wrestling, paranormal, and all things entertainment. From parts unknown, way unknown, here they are Lord Everett DeVore and co host Diego. They They are are the Diego Diego and Divorce Show. And here we go with another episode of the Diego and Divorce Show. Diego, damn it, brother. How the hell are you, man?
1: i'm feeling pretty doggone good tonight man the show is booked for months in advance i'm very excited about tonight's episode but speaking of booking in advance and i don't want to give away too much but um ucw we're back in action
2: yes we are man and damn it dude you know we've been sitting here back for almost two years now chomping Mm -hmm. at the bit to go and here we go and and Tonight, we're going to do a little ditty, and we're going to make a huge announcement, and I can't wait to do that. But I'm equally excited about our guest tonight, man. I think that this is going to be a stellar episode, if I do say so myself. But before we dive into that, man, dude, you're looking Mm. awesome, man. What the hell have you been doing?
1: Well, I took some of your advice. Chicken breasts, right?
2: Yeah, man. Eight chicken breasts a day, six cans of tuna, four bags of rice, and a handful of protein shakes, man. You're good to go, bro.
1: You're trying to kill me. It's basically chicken breast and sweet potatoes <laughs> with hot sauce. That's all I've been eating for two or three weeks, man. Hey,
2: nothing wrong with that.
1: No, no, nothing wrong with that. Everything tastes better with hot sauce. I told you that before. You know, I take my own hot sauce out of these restaurants because they ain't got none of it.
2: Hey, you know, that's words to live by. I mean, Frank's Red Hot. You put that shit on anything, including the rats.
1: Oh, <laughs> you can't say those <laughs> words. You know, they retired that word now. You can't say rats oh, anymore. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. Fun- yeah, I think they call people.
1: What do I call it? Enhancement talent now?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, let's you know, let's let's, let's get serious. You know, Diego on Divorce are glad to have a lot of fun, we're gonna be serious now because tonight, you know, I stay up late at night on the weekends, and I'm I'm also not looking, only am I looking for talent, but I'm looking for guests for the show. And I, just like everything else, I I say and i paying you. I say, hey man, check these guys out because they're gonna remind you of a lot of things, especially of the wrestling that we grew up with.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, when when you're out there looking, you know the boxes that I always want to check. It's got to be believable. They got to look like that they can kick everybody's ass in the building. And, and when you showed me the picture, I said, well, Jesus, you can't find two bigger guys than this, man. And they no. looked apart. Their moves looked apart. They're solid workers. They look on, you know, I, I don't know. I've never worked them, but they look stiff as shit, which Good. I always enjoyed. So I'm looking forward to actually seeing them live and in living colors.
1: You know, I enjoy it now more as I'm no longer a ring competitor than when I was a rent competitor. Oh, what Can the I hell it? are you
2: talking about, dude? You were the stiffest prick on the planet.
1: That was are vicious, salacious rumors.
2: Dude, uh, vicious rumors? I was the booker through a lot of those years, and do you know how hard it was to find people when they found out that you were the assignment? They were like, <laughs> uh, you know, man, I'm not feeling real good tonight. Maybe it was because you punched that guy in the mouth and he went through the ropes.
1: Well, you don't listen good. That's what happens. (laughs) Back to the the Diego and Divorce. show. So we're going to talk about a tag team tonight that we're we're very excited about. And they formed back in 2014. Uh, They were trained by one of our favorites. And, you know, it's one of the things that really interested us, uh, Paul Roma, also trained by SAT member Joel Maximo. You know, they've had a very successful run all over the East Coast, you know, for the last eight years. I mean, they're multiple tag team champions, pretty much every company they've ever, you know, competed in. And they're based out of the Northeast Territory. So, you know, we're going to get into it right now. So, please welcome to the Diego and Divorce Show, Nick Payne and Hakeem Ali, the House of Payne, one of my new favorite tag teams out there right now. Gentlemen, welcome to the Diego and Divorce Show. Oh, thanks for having us, man. Appreciate all the
3: having- pac- time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, you know, it's it's a lot of fun watching what you guys are doing, and I've been bugging DeVore about this for the last couple of weeks, especially when I first made contact with you, Nick, and uh, you're like, yeah, man, let's set the interviews up, and, and we're going to have a lot of fun and, and talk about what you guys are doing.
3: Yeah, man, I I was very interested and uh, happy you guys reached out, man. We always like to do podcasts, and you guys help us out, and we help you guys out, so that's that's what the business should be about, everybody in it helping each other out.
2: And that's a lost art in today's society, man. It, it's all yeah. about oh. I got to get my shit in. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Not if I don't. Not if I don't let you.
2: <laughs> and before before so, we dive into you guys, you know, I got a ton yeah. of questions. You you were trained by Paul Roma. How the you know I I'm, I'm not going to ask you the fanboy questions, but I, there's a couple of questions that I got to find out. Is it truly as amazing of an experience to get in there with, and work with Paul as people say it is? Because I loved watching his work back in the day. He was flawless in his execution.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, the, the experience is definitely what you think it is. Uh, one thing that we both really enjoyed about Paul was he does not sugarcoat anything. What you see is what you get. And he's going to tell you exactly how he feels and exactly how it is. But he's probably one of the most underrated guys in there. Like you said, he's glory is the right word to put to it. <laughs> like yeah. He was very, very good in the ring, very smooth. And if you see him today, still looks just like he did back then.
2: Now, that yeah. being said, um, I appreciate guys that shoot from the hip and they don't sugarcoat shit. But in today's society, that doesn't necessarily translate anymore. How did that go over in the camps? Was it, were people receptive to hearing constructive criticism or was it met with, Hey man, you can't talk like that.
3: Go ahead. I can, you can, you can answer that one.
2: Well, I mean, when it came to,
0: um, to Paul, he really don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he let it be known, especially with the younger, the younger guys, he let it be known before they even sign a contract with him for him to train them. He let them know, like, this is how I speak. This is how I get down. If you don't like it? The door's right there. there you so go. he let that
3: from the beginning. Yep, from the jump. He said, "If you can't handle it, the door's right there. You know, you you can you can go. How we do things is how we do things. Yep. You got to tough it out. This business is tough. So you can't. If words are gonna break you, then the physicality is gonna destroy you.
0: There you so, go. And you know what? Let me let me give him a shout out because today is his birthday. So it is. Happy birthday,
3: yeah. Happy birthday, Roma.
2: Yes, happy birthday, pretty Paul Roma, the glory of the WWE. Well, I'll go ahead and say it, WWF. I don't care. Let him hit me with a panda. <laughs> Looking, I already got Diego upset so, well, so, so so
1: to, No, no. It's kind of early. Give me a few more minutes. I'll start getting upset. So, <laughs> And I know that – you know because it's pretty exciting. It's actually – It's not every day you run into anybody that's been trained by someone like Paul Roma. I mean, I know there's a lot of wrestling schools out there, but how did you make the first contact into his camp? How did that come about?
3: I didn't make the contact. I just went for the ride. Well, I
0: I, um I reached out to him. He was um, promoting his first show actually, and I and I reached out to him and I told him about um. Uh, my tag partner and a a, a group of other guys that was training with us in New York. And I said, um, you know, we're like an opportunity to come out there and, you know, and work for you. You know, that's basically how it started. And uh, he said, yeah, sure, come up. Um, He invited us to his first show. Um, We, you know, we came, we was backstage. Um, You know, we kept quiet, we kept cordial. We, you know, we met everybody. Um, Then uh, he goes, uh, When are y'all free to come down? Because during that time, he was, um, his training sessions was on Saturday mornings. So we was like, okay, we be up there next Saturday. You know, we be up there next Saturday. So we went up there next Saturday. And, um, he was like, all right, let me see what you got. So he put us up against the guys that he was training to see how we move and everything. And, um, we was there for a few hours. You know, he kind of just stood there and stared at us. So we didn't know what the hell to expect. Like, he does this thing where he puts his hand like this, and, and he's just staring. You know? Yeah. And, um, we like, yeah. <laughs> so we like, okay, we don't know if he like us or he don't, whatever. So he don't say anything that, that first encounter. He calls me later on in the week, and he says, "Um, you know, you and your partner are very, very good. He was like, Y'all just don't know psychology. Y'all don't know how to um make matches make sense. He said, Y'all got the tools, but I wanna show y'all how to put everything together. Are you willing to um invest in that? He said, hell yeah, let's do it. It was no, 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 you know, no thinking about it.
3: It was no second thought. Yeah, it was no definitely second- straight to the to the point.
0: Yeah, so like like I said, like I said before, we was we was good, we was a we was already a good team, but he made us great. He put that that little extra spice on it and made us great.
2: Now, what was the first thing that he pounded into your head, psychology wise?
0: Um, as far as making um our movements make sense. sense, like not doing moves just to do them, like how you see in today's wrestling, like a lot of they just do things that doesn't make any sense, and he just taught us how to um convert our moves into telling stories in the ring.
3: Right. One of the first things that he definitely told us was you guys are good, but you bump too much. You got make your bumps mean something. Yep. Build to that bump, especially being bigger guys nine times out of ten, you're in there with somebody who's smaller than you. So yeah. make those bumps make sense. And and it was crazy because one of our first uh, matches with him or, or like we're practice match in front of him, he tells us, listen, I I guarantee you guys, once you're done learning today, when you do your match, you'll only take four bumps. I guarantee you. 10, 15 minutes, you'll take four bumps. And me and Hakim are like, no way. Because we were bumping. Like, we like to bump. Even though we're big guys, we bump. And sure enough, we did that practice match, and we both took two bumps apiece. And it made sense, and everything gelled and clicked together. That's when we learned really quick, hey, just shut up, close your mouth, open your ears, and listen.
2: Man know, knows what he's doing. It's funny you say that because I was just watching uh, Bubba Ray's uh, podcast and I mm-hmm. was blown away because that's how he finished the podcast because he was asked, are you going to do independence? Are you going to do this? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'll come in. I'll put the guys over. I have no problem doing that. I'm taking one bump and everybody everybody's kind of like, huh? And he goes, yeah, one bump. That's all I'm taking because that's all I have to take. But I promise you that one bump will make sense, and it'll put him over.
3: Yeah, it may. Every, it, when you take bumps, it should mean something. There should be a real reason why the
1: bump is being taken.
2: And that's coming from a guy who spent twenty years bumping a hundred times a show.
1: Right. right after training with Roma, where did you wind up? That's actually. Let me go back a little bit, cuz we talk about Roma. Tell me more, a little more about Joel Maximo. <laughs> Uh, you you want to take that one? <laughs> I I, Here we
2: go. I Here
3: we go. Hakim has got us connected with with most of the big promoters. So like the it, the whole backstory of us is, is is an interesting one. But yeah, yeah, you can tell them, Joel Maximum.
0: Well, it, it started it started out with me because I, I got in the wrestling game late. Almost, you know, I'm like a DDP. I got into the game kind of late, and um, well, my partner. Huh? How old are you? If I told you, you wouldn't believe it.
1: You
2: wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm 42. That's not old, brother.
1: I wouldn't believe it. I would have never thought that, but no, that's great, man. Yeah.
0: So my tag partner was running his own company when I met him. And um, I used to always like go to his shows and kind of just watch and linger around. And it, it got to the point where I, I always had a passion for wrestling. And, um, you know, I started, you know, having a family, this, that, and third, and um, I kind of put it in the back burner. So, it was opportunity for me to get back in it when I was seeing my tag partner and his friends um, doing shows. But I didn't want to go and start, you know, asking them to book me until I felt like I was ready and trained. So, I started training with Joel Maximo. Then as that took off, I started telling Joel Maximo about Nick Payne and the rest of the guys at um Empire Pro the name of the company and uh, he was like yeah bring them down bring them down and um I brought them down and um they started learning um the lucha style that's pretty much what we we learned from Joel was the lucha style of um, pro wrestling and then it just kind of took off from there
2: now now right. being bigger guys how did that translate for you guys to learn the lucha style because I'm a bigger guy myself I'm you know I'm 6'4" And I always hovered around the 250 mark. And, and we had a guy come up with us that came from AAA. And he was uh day of, what was he, five, six, five, seven, maybe a buck thirty. And yeah. he went through everybody in that company three times. And everybody rolled out of the ring puking. And, and this guy was barely breaking a sweat.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing the Lucha style definitely trained us on our win and um. And how to um move our body the right way as well. Um, it, I mean it, it's it's funny you said that because we had a we had a <laughs> we right. had a tag match in um in Allentown one night and it was against some friends of ours and he's he's probably what maybe a buck fifty soaking wet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he he said that I was moving too fast for him. He almost had an <laughs> in the ring.
3: <laughs> yeah no i mean that's definitely something that um as weird as it sounds it came pretty easy to us like yeah. that's one that's one compliment that me and hakim always get when people see us they see us come out and the perception is uh-oh here come the two big guys they're gonna come in and pound on people and that's what you get and then the bell rings and we start moving And then by the end of the match or at the end of the show, we always get somebody to come up to us and go, you guys move like a fucking train. Like, wow, oh, my God, you guys, like, we can't judge a book by its cover when it comes to you. And that's something that we really love to hear. That's probably the best compliment because we want you to think that you're not going to see something spectacular. And then when it
1: happens, your jaw drops. That's what we're about. We want to get an emotion out of you. So with a combination of Roma and Maximo, you think that's what comp- that's what made the style, that's what made you a lot different than what people we were expecting, right? Right, that's what set us aside from everybody because at the end of the day, no matter
3: who you put us in the ring with, we can adapt to them. And it was like we were saying before, where everybody just wants to get their shit in. Me, me and my partner, we we work for the match. We don't work for ourselves. We work to make everything else look real good. And... We adapt to whoever in the ring. With.
2: Yep. Wow, that is really refreshing to hear in this day and age. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this
3: times, this times, me and Hakim have like the moves that we normally do. We don't ever really use them because it's like, if it doesn't fit and it doesn't work, why do it? If the crowd ends leaves happy and we tell the story that we're trying to tell, what else is there to do? I don't need to do forty six moves.
0: Right.
1: Less is more. Right. Points got across. That's that's what we do. So with the training that you received, and I know that when a lot of folks want to enter professional wrestling or and start training, they want to, and I don't want to say the word emulate, but I say they want to honor or, or try to craft your style after a certain tag team or other wrestler. So where did you find yourselves? What was the influence between, uh, for the team? Was there a certain tag team or teams that really kind of got you guys going and say, hey, I want to do a little bit of that?
0: It's a whole bunch of them. In a in a pot, you put them, yeah, you put one of those teams in a pot and, and cook them up.
3: That's that's where you get the house of pain. Yeah, and, because my, my partner's it's, it's, a big Bret Hart fan. I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. So you got Hart, you got the Hart Foundation and the Rock is right off the bat. <laughs> and I'm also a big Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard fan.
2: There you my go, Devore.
3: The British Bulldogs. We both like demolition. Like it's... It's yeah. a big pot of those 80s tag teams that we grew hitting up with. all on. the
2: check marks, brother. Yeah. You're hitting all There's... the check marks. <laughs>
1: There's no wrong answer there.
0: Yeah, you put all those teams together, that's what you get with the House of Pain. And then a little little dice of what we bring to the table. Right. Well, you see you see a lot of those teams in what we do. Yep.
1: Once with the training, because I know you had some experience beforehand, sort of. So where did, um after training, where did you go from there? What was the first companies that you started working for?
0: Oh, uh, well, it started it started with um Joel's company. He had a company in Brooklyn, New York called Fighting Spirit Wrestling. So, it started it started that's where our um our
3: tag team started from. from and it's our... funny because we didn't want to be a tag team. We were both focused on singles and it was us and one other person and they tried to get you know they're like we're going to be a tag team. And i I initially thought that if you watch our first promo that we did as a team, it looked like Hakim and the other guy were going to be the team and I was going to be the solo. And then we had our first match together as a tag team. And then we refused to switch. We refused to do anything but tag team because we gelled so
1: good. Yep,
2: And that's hard to find chemistry like that.
1: Yeah. Right. It's been now, what, about eight years as a tag team, right? Yes.
2: yeah.
3: go Going on 8 or going on 9, something like that. In June, actually. It was June 7th, right? Yes, June 7th. Oh, I remembered something. That's wonderful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so touching on that, speaking, remember something. So who's... Every team has a person there. One's really good with directions. One handles all the bookings. One handles, you know, the, the payout or where to go stay. So who handles what? I mean, so if you're not... Who handles the book and part remembers all that stuff? Uh Hak- Hakim is the brains,
3: man. He uh <laughs> I'm very forgetful. I will f- I forget everything because he'll tell me, Oh, you ready for the show this week? And I'm like, wait, we got a show this week? Where we go? <laughs> What's happening <laughs> um, so you just no, show up
2: and lift heavy shit
3: and take heat and
1: take heat. Oh, That's well, here, we <laughs> here we go. Here we
2: go. Does that, I mean, sound,
1: that sound familiar to war <laughs>
3: But I mean, a little like,
2: little bit, I, little bit.
3: Hakim being the the uh the the older older one of of both of us and the more you know mature one, I let him handle all that and he takes care of it. He doesn't, you know, he knows that I'm pretty much just a monkey that can talk. Like, I'm just <laughs> so yeah. Now he handles a lot of the stuff. I mean, I do like the podcast bookings, but as far as shows and events. It, you know, it's mainly him, but we go back and forth, right? Would you say that like we do both? Yeah,
0: you've been yeah you've been getting me booked in a lot of places lately, so yeah, it ain't all me. <laughs> I mean, I got I mean, I got us okay, I got us the Joel thing and I got us the Poor Roma thing. He got us yeah. all the important stuff.
2: How right.
1: <laughs> it's all important. And it all, it all say, works and out at and the that's end. That's
2: important. Yeah.
1: yeah. So with all, all the success you've had so far, because I mean. I read the I read the sheet Nick sent the short bio and it's a lot of the companies you guys have been working with you guys usually wind up being tag team champions. Yes. And you know that's that's a real good look. It kind of says a lot about the kind of what you bring to their company. As far as now this year, you're staying pretty busy. You're currently tag team and I I'm forgetful to currently tag team champions where
3: uh,
1: N W E New
3: Empire uh, New Wrestling Empire. They're based out of uh, Massachusetts and Puerto Rico. And we're also the tag team champions of uh, HAWA, uh, H-A-W-A. Um, they're based out of Holyoke, Massachusetts.
2: Now, how is it working up that far north? I mean, it's a completely different crowd. It
0: is. Hakeem, well, you, you know. Well, when we was in New York, it was more of a... Um, like an ECW type of film. Mm-hmm. like they was bloodthirsty when we was working in New York. Yeah. When we all um, started going like towards north in the New England territory, um, we didn't have to do much. They they not that they not that bloodthirsty. Like they get like we was able to instill their emotions real quick, real quick. And you know sometimes like we we kind of like test ourselves to see if we really as good as we think we are. Like, we, we, we constantly do that. Like, we, um... Well, I'm I'm gonna go way back, and then I'm gonna go recently. Like, a few years back, we was in Jersey for a company called uh, EC, ECW, ECWA, right?
3: ECWA.
0: Right. And the crowd didn't know who we was. Didn't know nothing. We came out, they were solid. Mm-hmm. By the time that match was over, they was cheering for us. Okay? They was cheering for us. So, we we know how to um grab the people emotionally and we don't do it cheesy either. We don't run out there and say, Hey, come on like <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> I hate we
3: that.
2: Just,
0: yeah, we yeah, exactly. We just by our body language and how we tell a story in a ring, we grab the people emotionally. And then just last year, last summer, we did a um a show like in a um, like a carnival type of show. Kind of something okay. like in a carnival. Yeah. And we worked twice. And it was the same crowd. The first the first match we went out there as Hills, had them hating us like we supposed to, then went out there an hour later and had them cheering us as baby faces. And you know, and and, and we look at the younger dudes like, see, this is how you this is how you work. This is how you know how to work. Yeah. You know, and we and, it, and like I said, we didn't use no cheesy pops. We didn't call anybody ugly or they stink or anything like that. We just just switched the way we worked and we switched the fans. And that's something that a lot of indie, pe- indie wrestlers cannot do today. And that was something that poor Roma taught us. Well,
2: absolutely, because yeah. you let your body of work do the talking for you. The first time you go out, they judge a book by the cover and then once they saw your work, they knew who to, who to cheer for and who not to cheer for. Right.
3: Right, or if you're doing a show like that where it's two, two events in one day and it's the same crowd, and you've done all 30 of your fancy flips in the first match, what are you going to do in the next one? There you go. I've already seen it. And then not only did I see it from you, I've seen it from the seven matches after you. So what are you going to do now? And then they sit there and they don't understand why they're not getting over, or they don't understand why the crowd didn't go for them like they should have. It's because they've seen it already. You have to learn to adapt. You have to learn how to change and not waste all your stuff in one match.
2: you got to learn how to pace yourself. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Diego, you and I know a lot about pacing ourselves. You know, the 22 years that we were on the road, man, I mean, good God. I mean, those long-ass drives for the $2 payout and the hot dog, all we had was a gas station cup of coffee to keep us going or that dollar hot dog we fired down at the Get It and Go gas station. But today's generation has got something so much more That I wish we had when we were on the road. And I'm talking about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is actually the number one energy drink in America right now. And it was actually designed with gamers in mind. You know, the ones that want to sit up all night and playing their Modern Warfare games. Mm -hmm. They don't want to drink that energy drink. And then three hours later, they're taking that snooze. You don't get that with Rogue Energy. You drink Rogue Energy, you get the sustained energy all day long without the crash. And the best thing about Rogue Energy is it doesn't taste like metal ass in a can. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I, we don't talk about anything on here that we don't believe in or that we don't use ourselves. I've been a fan of Rogue Energy since day one. The first time I got it, I got the Patriot Shaker with the grape. And I'm telling you right now, I, 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 and the other thing about Rogue is it's a powder. It's not pre-made, so you make as much as you want, however strong you want it. I made a glass, I took a sip of it, and I went, holy shit, this tastes like Kool-Aid. I handed it to my wife, and she said, when did you start drinking Kool-Aid? And for you diabetics, zero sugar, so you don't have to worry about the sugar crash. Now, the fans of the Diego divorce show, he's going to tell you how to get in on this rogue energy and save you a little cash along the way. Diego, take it up, brother.
1: And you know all those years on the road. I know how to save cash wherever we go. But let me help you for those of you who are going to order this product through the internets if you will you can either go to rogueenergy.com the dig on divorce show.com or ucwforever.com if you choose to go through our website scroll down and look for the rogue energy banner click on that banner make a purchase And before before i go on because i know they sold out of the raspberry peach
2: yeah i know i'm a little bummed about that because i'm out and and, you know i'm if Rogue's listening right now man you need to stamp up that production on that because i need mine i need my fix
1: and uh, I know they revamped the website, got some saucy designs and very interesting flavors. Now they brought, now they got the uh, the old cookies and cream. But let me tell you how you can save on the cookies and cream and all your favorite flavors. RogueEnergy.com at the checkout, hit Diego and Divorce Show. That's Diego Shift 7, Divorce Show, Diego and Divorce Show. You're going to get 10% off your total order. And, you know, we got to stay ahead of inflation, these rising gas prices. You know, a lot of things cost a lot of money, but your energy drinks should not. Diego and Divorce Shows, Diego and Divorce Show, Diego Shift 7 Divorce Show, save yourself 10% today. Mr. Divorce. Yes, sir. I know you're going to order yourself some here very soon, but we're going to go back to my, I'm going to say it's really quickly rising to be one of my favorite tag teams so far that I've discovered this year. Nick Payne and Hakim Ali, the House of Pain. Gentlemen, you know, so far you've been telling us an awful lot about what you've been doing, your psychology, how you're training. And I know, and, and DeVore will know is because DeVore is the one who trained me. I had other trainers as well. And I guess I had the luxury of having my trainer ride with me after the shows to tell me, well, you fucked this up or you should have done this, you should have done that. Do you still report back to your trainers and are you still watching your film and telling you what it is you've done or what's right, what's wrong? What can you improve, or if anything needs to be improved?
0: Um, it's been a while. Um it's Roma said like this. He said, if you feel like you have to ask me, then um, you, you didn't wasn't. get it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah exactly. If I don't come to you and say something in particular, then everything is great. And, and it was funny. The last time he actually said something was was not too long ago, like this past fall, we did a lot of match. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after, after it was over, you know, everybody's giving each other like high fives and stuff. And, and, and Roma, in and Roma's fashion, he comes up, all right, stop jerking each other off. All right, that was a great match, okay? Stop jerking
3: each other off. <laughs> but no, I mean that's that's something that you know, even when we do his shows now, we walk through the curtain and we just give him a look. You know, if he don't come to you and say anything, then you just take that win and you go about your business. You don't you don't go asking for it. Yeah. But yeah, no, he'll definitely come and tell us like, hey, well, Why'd you do that? If you don't got an answer, he's, oh, then you, sh- you shouldn't have done that.
2: And that's what's missing about, today.
3: Yeah. The one thing Roma always compliments us on, though, is our ability to tell time. He'll go into a locker room and tell the, the guys, these guys got clocks up their asses. I never have to send the referee there to tell them what time is coming up. You know, like, they, they just know it. I don't ever have to worry about it. I mean, that's, that's definitely a compliment
2: from and It is a compliment because uh, speaking from a promoter standpoint, that is one of the promoter's biggest pet peeves is guys not knowing either to go longer or you need to go home. And mm-hmm. there's been times where I've been screaming into the microphone to the earpiece of the ref, you're five minutes over, go home. And a lot of guys don't understand five minutes isn't a lot of time. But in the bigger scope of things, five minutes is an entire match for some.
3: Right. Right. TV matches are are sometimes shorter than that. So if you can't get what you need to get off in three to four minutes, then you you might need to check another profession.
2: Well, not only that. I mean, if you're going to go over in time, it better be the best match of the night.
3: Right. So that when you
2: come back through the curtain, I say, if you ever do that again, it better be better than that. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that reminds me You remember DeVore yeah, I don't know if you gentlemen have seen this Now that you're wearing your promoter's hat And back when people used to go longer Sometimes the matches weren't that great <laughs> You know where I'm going with this <laughs> Yeah So there was this unwritten rule If you're not listening Somebody comes from the back Just whacks you across your head with a chair And that was the end of the match <laughs> I don't know if that's still done today, but I've seen this plenty of times back then that when things go awry, somebody comes and gets designated. Can you go out there and just kick the shit out of this guy? Uh, I, that doesn't he, happen.
2: have
0: you just said something like
2: that? Uh, <laughs> I, no, no, I, know, I know specifically what he's talking about, and you guys were fans of Demolition. We were at a yeah. show, and Bill Leedy was sitting there at the gorilla position, and this match just kept going on and kept going on and kept going on. And they were told four or five times, take it home. And Bill said, don't worry about it. I got this. And he picked up a folding chair, walked out there and clocked everybody in the head, including the ref.
1: And that was it. <laughs> but I think I think that company, we kind of kept that tradition going. And we took it other places, too. I think it caught on for a little while. But that's some old school stuff. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think you could do that today anymore. No, I mean,
3: we had an a incident. I can, I'll let you tell the story. You tell it better than I do, but we had a similar situation. Well, we was, we was backstage,
0: and uh, it was a team that uh, the promoter wanted us to uh, wrestle. And um, one of the guys just kept getting in the promoter's way. Uh, they was trying to cut a promo. He's walking in the middle of the camera. Um, he's just not sitting still. He's just all over the place. So it was the promoter just got mad. And we was supposed to we was supposed to do maybe 8 to 10 minutes. Um what really got the promoter upset, they started playing our music, they started walking out. He looked at
3: Nick and I said 3 seconds, kill him. Oh. <laughs> those, are, those are our directions. <laughs> 3 3 second warning. Yes. yes. After so. it, took, it turned to, "Hey, only give them a little bit. When that happened, it was no, no, no. Go out there and get rid of them. So we all just put something together. So now we have to go and communicate from us, our entrance to the referee, like uh, let these people know that our time has been cut. (laughs) We got to go directly home as soon as we go in there, you know, go go in there and do it. And they weren't happy about it. We did it, but they weren't happy about it. But again, it goes back to you know, listen to what the promoters are telling you. A lot of guys think that, you know, we're that we're playing wrestling. We're not playing wrestling, man. Like this is a business. People are making money. People are feeding their families with some of this, especially a promoter. Yep. Last thing you want to do is get on a promoter's nerves. Right. You no, know, you do what
1: do what's asked of you, and be happy, be grateful. And it's interesting that you say that because. Social media is very interesting. It could work for you or against you, but I've seen a lot of people, and this is some talent, and I'm not just saying some real young guys, but some older people that they're out there just blasting promoters left and right on their feeds. And uh, while not all promoters like each other, but they all talk. Right. And it seems to be very self-destructive going out there and just blasting promoters. Mm -hmm. Is that something you've seen a lot too, or is that... It seems yeah, to be you, like a newer thing now. You definitely see some of it. Um,
3: it it is it is bad because you know it's, it's I always follow I always go by the rule of the 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 toes you step on going up are attached to the asses you have to kiss on the way back down. So you might not want to do that because you might have to go work for this person, or you might have no choice but wanting to work for this person. So why not just be supportive? If you don't like something, be a grown-up. Be a man. Contact the person and find out what the issue is. If it can be resolved, it can be resolved. But if it can't, then let it be. Then you move on. You do what you got to do. But what is bad-mouthing somebody? So, I mean, you get to see, and especially it sucks when you see veterans Mm do it. Because of all people, they should know better.
2: Well, my my biggest pet peeve as a promoter is I I constantly have guys coming up to me and saying, hey, man, I worked for this guy, so-and-so, and and he handed me $10. And I go, okay, well, was this the first time you worked for him? Well, no. Well, the (laughs) first time you worked for him, did he pay you $10? Well, yeah. Well, then whose fault is it? Right. Don't blame the promoter. Well, I mean, blame the promoter to a certain extent, but you, you you have to be mad at yourself because you're worth more.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And if you can't come to him and say, "Hey, man, ten dollars ain't cool," or jack him up and say, "Give me the rest of my money," then don't come complaining to other people. You know, right it comes a time where you, you know, I got trained by Rufus Jones. The first mm-hmm. th- right. one of the first things that he told me was, if you don't get your money, you walk up and you snatch him by the throat and you get your money, because if you don't, it'll go around. Because just like he just said even if the promoters don't like each other, they talk. They know who they can take advantage of. They know who they can't. And so you got to set the pace for yourself because at the end of the day, just like you said, it's a business.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I run into that as well. Like being, you know, promoting this, this show that me and Hakim are starting to do. And I'm, I'm asking some guys, you know, what's the rate and they're giving me these astronomical numbers and it's like i i talk to the promoters you work for bro like i know what they give you and you're trying to trying to get me i'm not new to this yep. this isn't my first you know time doing this so you gotta you know either come down on the price and let me know what you really getting, and we could work something out but if not then i'm gonna have to pass
2: now as a promoter with, with all things being equal the way that the world is revolving right now um, how, how is it out there with the talent? Because I mean, I don't know what the gas is your way, but gas is creeping up to six dollars a gallon here, and they're saying by July or August it's going to be anywhere from eight to ten. Oh. Jesus Christ!
1: Don't say that, man.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a reality because the guys that are out there that are working for fifty or hundred dollars, that's not even covering their gas anymore. Right not that not that anybody's out there making their gas money anyways but you know as opposed to you're putting half of your money into gas and the rest goes to cover your food now all of it is going to gas and you ain't got no money for food
3: right i mean guys out here have been a little bit you know they've been accommodating like we we try to work with each other in the sense of we understand what prices are right now on everything so we try to come to an agreement and the one thing about the new england uh area and the Northeast area in general, is there's so much good talent.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Good talent. They all got good heads on their shoulders. You know, you have a few that need to learn more and stuff, but a lot of the guys that are coming up and a lot of guys that are on, right now, they're really respectful and they understand the game. And and that's, that's a blessing to have in one
2: area. Yeah, and that's, that's rare that you have that much pool to pull from that's good.
3: Right, and yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, and it's good because you try to, you try to do things that other people haven't done. That's the only thing that I will say. A lot of companies out here run the same matches. Like there'd be three or four shows on a weekend, and you're gonna see the same match at least twice. You know, we try to be different. That's what we're aiming to do right now is is try to be different and try to bring guys in that we've never seen work with each other.
2: Now that being said, are the matches that are being repeated are they at least good or are they the drizzle shits?
3: Well, you, well I mean, I look at it. I look at it differently. Like when you're in the business, you look at it, it's the same match. Like I'm watching the same thing, but I'm sure to the fans, it's great. And at the end of the day, those are the ones that are paying for the tickets, so yep. that's fine. My only thing is, as as somebody who's working, like. I would like the guys to challenge themselves more and, okay, we could be in the same match, but let's do something different.
2: Now, how how do you motivate people, you know, as a promoter but also entering talent? How do you motivate the people that are standing across from you? How do you motivate them to push themselves as opposed to just getting their shit in and giving the same old match?
3: Well, we always try to push to them that we're not in the business of doing spots. We're telling stories. Let's yeah. tell story. And then you you have to you have to they have to have some kind of trust in you because you have to tell them like listen, the reaction you're gonna get doing this is gonna be something that you've never experienced before. We put together an event uh for, for Paul Roma and I had two guys that I laid out a finish for, and they battled me on this finish for days. Oh, but I should just go over clean, oh I should just. I said, guys, just we're telling the story. Can you listen to me? Just if it fails, it's on me. It's not on you. They went out, they did it. The crowd enjoyed it, and they both came to me like, "Wow, that was amazing." So I mean, that's what you really have to do is you have to get them to trust you.
2: So that's
3: the motivation. Still they can having, trust. Still they can the understand.
2: These guys.
3: Some of them, but, but in, in in their defense, some of them are still failing. Some of them are yearning. Two years in, so they don't get that experience. Every other place that they go to, they do their flips, they come to the back, everybody tells them how great they are. So if you don't ever know, like, oh, there's a different way to do this, you'll never try it. I try to get them to try it. And my partner as well. My partner does a lot of the agent work for the matches, and he's laying them out and making sure, like, guys, 't do the same finish if you these guys are working body part you work a different body part like he's there to help break down and facilitate so I'm lucky in that way where I'm not doing that by myself I have and and who better than my own tag part right you know somebody that I trust and somebody that I know knows his stuff right so but
2: yeah as of right now who who has been the biggest program that you guys are working with and who has been the toughest program that you've been working with
3: Go ahead, Alkin. Mm, let's see.
0: I would say the most, the most, uh, really, I guess, brought us to, I guess, start, made us stars, and <laughs> got us up there, was um, a team that Roma put together. They called themselves the Pyramids of Power. We had a big, big program with them. That was great. Um, our toughest opponents. We've mm. got a few good ones. We've had a few. Now, who do you think was our toughest opponent, Nick? <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> now, now, that being said, I'm going to leave that as an open ended question. Not only were, you know, it could be the toughest physical wise or toughest as in toughest to do business with, they just had their vision in their head, and you had to correct that vision to get the end result.
3: I mean me and I can really don't run into that because people see our size and they're kind of intimidated by it. And it's nothing that we put out, it's just something that they see most of the time. They're surprised at how easy we are to work and how willing we are. But I mean, as far as like toughest opponents, we've had we've had some good teams. There's a team called uh they're coming up right now, really good team called The Haven. That was not difficult, but we we kind of broke them in and got them their first match and made them look like they've been doing this for years. I mean, it was hard in the sense of trying to help build them up, but I don't know. I One of our most nerve-wracking matches was us versus versus Brian Costello and Cowboy Bob Orton.
2: <laughs> oh, I bet that was a hell of a match.
3: To, st- to stand across the ring from those two gentlemen, it mm-hmm. was very nerve-wracking for us because, you know, old school. There is no, hey, what are we doing in
2: How stiff was Bob?
3: You know what? We'd be surprised. He's not stiff at all. I I, I don't know if I.
2: I don't want to. You know.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he could be. But it was he dropped a knee on me, and I I didn't feel it. I was so amazed by it. But I'm pretty no. But I'm pretty sure if he wanted to kill us, he could.
2: uh, (laughs) Bob was known for being quite stiff. So if he didn't stiff you, he liked you. That speaks volumes.
0: Yeah, and we did it
3: twice too. We did the we wrestled them twice, right, nice. and that was one of the biggest compliments that we got because uh, it was a, a show that they were running. They do one show every year, and they've been doing it for 22 or 23 years. And they both came to us and said, "You guys are the best tag team we've ever worked with in the history of this company." What a hell and of a compliment. People, and that for for me and Hakim is like these are guys that, you know, we're kids from the Bronx. We're not supposed to be where we are. You know, and to be standing across the room from people we watched on television and people that we admired on television to tell us that that means more than any championship. That means more than any crowd reaction. That's what we do it
2: for. Yep. Now that being said, who do you want to work a program with?
3: Oof. Now that's so a the good sky's one.
2: Sky's the limit. Yeah.
3: Uh go ahead, Hakim.
2: Uh
0: right now. I'm, I want um, FD, FTR. I want
2: FTR. That's what I want. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be the most technically sound workers on the planet right now.
3: Right. Yeah. Uh, FTR. Um, I would also like to. Uh, we say this in, in a lot of our interviews. It hasn't happened yet. They're another team from the UW, uh Santana and Ortiz.
2: Yes.
3: That's. That's. We were both. Well, we were all four trained by Joel maxim and when they left, we came in. So we were never able to actually have that. And then on the Indies, we were always separate. We were always in different places. So that would be something that I think would be pretty good, too. Just the
1: story
2: that's there would be great. And the best stories are the ones that are based on reality.
1: Right. Yes. So with the amount of book as you you're all getting now running shows as well, so... How is it you come about with these bookings? Because I know that social media is a big thing. Has it been one of those that, you know, in every show, you know, sometimes promoters go to the shows or they'll watch your film, go on YouTube or your socials. How are they approaching you? Um,
0: same deal, same way you just said it. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> it's crazy. It was one promoter. He's been trying to get us for years, but every time he runs a show, we always book somewhere else. And he's he's seen us with, uh us win our tenth. Attempt tag team title. And um, he was, I didn't, we didn't even know he was there, but it was like, he came up and he was like, yo, one of you guys is coming to my company. Like, I need you guys there. <laughs> and you got to tell us in advance, like, what's going on. So we get hit up um, face-to-face. We get hit up through social media. Um, it, it comes through all angles. It, it really does. Somebody will recommend somebody. It, it comes through all angles. We reach out to people as well. We still reach out to companies.
2: You
3: so it, co- it co- drives, oh, yeah,
2: oh, yeah,
3: yeah. We've, we've done 14 hours to Tennessee, we've done in uh Indiana, we've done Canada in a day. Drove up to Canada, had our match, got back in the car, drove
1: back to the- oh, turn and burn, man. <laughs> this is the worst.
2: <laughs> and, yeah, he hated the turn and burn. I loved those. Not, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at the end of our career, at the end of our career. I always had it worked in our package that you know we got our payday and a hotel room. Yeah,
3: those those are good. Those are always good too. But uh, the 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 turn and burn, as you as you referred to it, is uh, that was an interesting <laughs> one because the border in Canada they weren't very nice to us.
2: <laughs> well, how can they not be nice? You get out of the car and beat the shit out of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they, but they weren't. They were very rude to us, and we uh <laughs> really. Oh man, you you would have think that we committed a crime in front of them. What are you here for? Uh, and you know you can't tell them that you're going up there to work because they they get real.
2: You got a work visa. Yeah, you need a
3: visa, work visa. So, yeah. you know we oh, all we're there to train. Oh, you coming all the way up here to train? Yeah, I mean we we like what we do. Then when we coming back, it's like oh all right, hurry up and get out. It's like damn. Well, welcome <laughs> to Canada, I guess.
2: <laughs> I thought they were supposed to be the friendly country.
3: This that's is all, what I'm
2: saying. Even at the No that's Australia.
3: Even at the end, like coming in, we you know, we said thank you and went to give the guy a handshake and he just walked right by us like we weren't there.
2: Damn.
3: I was like, oh, okay. I, I know Canada's a little
1: difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. We had a great time. And what was the uh who did you work for up there? Uh who was it? it was Great North, right?
3: Great North wrestling, Hannibal. Hannibal.
2: Ah, see now you opened up a can of worms. Oh, wow. no, there's no
1: worms here. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, there is. See, he don't pay attention yeah. to this stuff. So, how <laughs> nice. how was it working for the infamous Hannibal and and what is your take on the recent controversy surrounding him?
3: I he treated us very well. Right. You know, he didn't there was nothing for me like me personally, he treated us very well. You know, he was happy to have us there. He complimented us on what we did and, and and our work that we had sent him. So I have no complaints. And I'm not sure which controversy you're talking about with him because he's in a lot of controversy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he stays in a state of controversy. And don't See, get I don't, me wrong, I don't know that's either. not a knock because right. I, I've always subscribed to Controversy Creates Cash. Yep. Right.
3: And again, he's you know he's selling a product as well. So it's if it's helping his product, why why would I why would he not keep doing? It? You know, we're all trying to make money in this thing, and, and that's, that's, that's what's that's the end money.
1: result. Yeah, yeah, it's making him his
3: money. You can't be mad at it, especially if he's not hurting anybody.
1: Now, and speaking of the drives, where because I mean we're almost at the middle of the year and there's still much to go. Where are you guys going to be heading other than the uh, the, the home base? What are the plans?
0: Um, well, we—I mean, we're trying to see what's going on with this this Puerto Rico thing because we are the tag champs of Puerto Rico, and we're trying to um go out there and defend them. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's that one thing we're cool. trying kind to of work. Um, I've been I've been reaching out to um Memphis Championship Wrestling, so I'm oh, trying yeah. to do that. um we're trying to do NWA. It's like, you know, we send them stuff out there, we get good feedback. I mean, we even spoke to Nick himself a couple of years back before, like just before the pandemic.
3: Yeah, Nick Alders.
0: Yeah, Nick this So, yeah. I mean, we definitely, right now, we we try to focus on, um, on, on the soft. South pretty much. It's time for us to hit the South. I think the South and the Midwest would definitely love us. So, I mean, that's I something agree. that we're really, we really trying to do. We're really trying to get out
3: there. Yeah, but I mean, right now, so far, what what we have going on is, uh, you know, things with Roma. Roma's actually got an event tomorrow night. Then we, uh, there's another company that's opening up out here named Coliseum Pro Wrestling. We'll we'll, we'll be a part of that as well. Um, blood, sweat, and tears wrestling out here. That Like, most of our stuff is local right now, like my partner said, but we're, we're really trying to focus summertime and going forward to try to head down south.
2: Now for the promoters out there and the bookers out there, where can they reach out and find you? Give all your socials out.
3: Uh I'm at Nick Payne underscore H O P on Instagram, uh Nick Payne on Facebook and uh at TN Payne on Twitter. Um you got they can hit, hit us up anywhere there, or you can also email us at the DA House of Pain Bookings at gmail.com.
0: He said it all. And if you want to hit me up directly, you can hit me up on Twitter, Hakeem Ali. You can just type that in and find it. Um, Hakeem Ali on Facebook. And on Instagram, Hater Killer, Hakeem Ali. And you can message us anytime. We answer all messages.
2: Now, I see yeah. you're wearing that Welcome to the House of Pain t shirt. Where can they find your merchandise?
3: Well, tell them, later. All of our merchandise is available right now on thehouseofpain.com, and it's D A, not T H E, thehouseofpain.com. We've got everything. We got t-shirts, we got tank tops, we got hoodies, we got mugs, we got everything. If you if you need it, we got. It.
2: Do you personalize and we also, it? We also on prowrestlingtees.com as well.
1: Prowrestlingtees.com backslash thehouseofpain.
2: Do you personalize your stuff?
1: Yes. And yeah, we'll definitely put a link to your socials your website and all that on the Diego and DeVore show don't worry about that before once after and before we release this episode which we'll be probably releasing it very soon. It's been very enjoyable having you fellas on the Thank show. You.
0: Thank and,
1: you for having me. Oh no I, I'm telling you the pleasure's on this side of the table. We're having a lot of fun tonight uh, I know Mr. DeVore was looking forward to having you guys on and boom here we are man. We're very, Two very happy guys tonight
2: Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, also, can I just throw one more uh, one more promo out there? The flow Do of it. The show is yours, man.
3: Myself and my tag partner, we are bringing back that company that he initially watched and wanted to work for, uh, Empire Pro Wrestling. Our, our debut show, our return show, is Saturday night, June 18th at 7 p.m. East Haven, Connecticut. Uh, six six two coab. All the information is on our socials, so you know, check it out. Like Empire Pro at, at at Empire Pro underscore CT. Please follow us. Please enjoy it. Uh, we're gonna be working
1: hard and producing some good stuff for you guys. Yes, sir. Awesome. Good luck to you guys, because I know we know how hard it is to promote shows. You know, we're having our first one in just a little over two years on. Can I say the date now, or we're gonna get fined by the commission I, because we haven't?
2: I don't give two shits anymore, man. I'm three sheets to the wind. We're we're coming out swinging July 9th in Strasburg, Virginia.
3: Oh, July 9th. Are we are we free July ninth, Mister? I I'm free. I mean, if if these fine gentlemen would like to,
1: you know, if if we can make their house our
0: house, we might I have to take a little
1: trip. We're gonna have oh. some, uh, an offline after hours show after we close this episode tonight, so. <laughs> Nick and Hakeem, it's been a pleasure having you on the Diego and DeVore show. Please uh, come back to the show. Let us know how Empire is doing and how the other places where you guys are doing. You know, Let us know what's going on with your careers. Thank
3: Absolutely. you, man. We appreciate you guys having us on. Anytime you want us on, you you guys know how to reach us, man. You guys you guys are family
1: now, so just That's let that us respect. know. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. We love being part of the family. The pro wrestling family is the best family to be in. 1,000%. Lord DeVore. And I know last week your voice was a little A a little, you know, something's going on there And a little Ricola action But tonight (laughs) It's been a while since you've done this Since you've tuned up the Titanium Pipes of Destiny And uh, tuned up the band and take it home
2: shit, brother, I mean, how the hell do I follow that kind of outro, man? I'm gonna do my best, though Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Diego DeFloor Show On Apple, Spotify Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite wrestling podcast. We'd like to thank our special guest tonight, The House of Pain. We'd like to thank our sponsors Rogue Energy. And before we go, Amazon. Go to ucwforever.com, click on Amazon, no special code, buy whatever you normally buy. They help keep us on the air. So until next time, stay The Diego and DeVore Show. Every week, co-host Diego and Lord DeVore talk about pro wrestling, paranormal, entertainment, and beyond. Catch them on anchor.fm slash Diego Dash Show, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform. Learn more at Facebook.com slash Diego and divorce Show or on Twitter at Diego and DeVore. It's not just a podcast. They are the Diego and DeVore Show.